welcome to Simplifying DevOps, a podcast sponsored by CDW. I'm your host, Rachel Leary. This series is dedicated to breaking down the concepts and methodologies of DevOps, as well as the world known as digital transformation. We're looking to cut through the noise and break down barriers of learning for individuals who may not be developers or engineers. Hey, welcome back to Simplifying DevOps. This week we have Ken Collins with us from CDW, and uh, he's here to talk to us about software development lifecycle overall. Hey, Ken. Hey, how are you doing, Rachel? Doing pretty good. So, uh, you know, give us a little intro. Tell us about your background and, you know, how you, you came about in the role you have today. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been at CDW now, uh, I guess it's going on eight years. Um, you know, I decided to jump on this side of the, the fence of uh, helping you know, multiple customers. I, I grew up kind of in corporate America, doing app development, you know, building things, managing things, supporting things. And, uh, you know, I kind of followed that whole software development life cycle through my uh, career. And, you know, I jumped over to the, you know, CW side of the house so that I could spend time talking and learning from several customers and, and share my experiences as I've grown up in this space. Nice, perfect, Ken. So it took us a few episodes to get the dev part of the ops on here. Um, we've mentioned a few times that uh, every company is now a software company, and you kind of mentioned it, the software development lifecycle. Can you talk to us, like, why is that so important these days to organizations? Well, you know, in this COVID world that we've been living in, you know, we have to accelerate everything and, you know, traditional software development, um, you know, has kind of taken uh, a long time to complete tasks and get work done. Uh, spent, you know, months and months gathering requirements, approving requirements, sending out RFPs, and then submitting the RFP and then analyzing. And then by the time you're all said and done, uh, it's important today because we need to move much faster. I got a problem right now. I need to correct it. And it's usually not a server down. It's usually I need new capability and I need to push that out fast. Now, Ken, I think um, certainly what's happened recently um, has accelerated maybe the importance on it, but this just started years ago, right? Um, this sort of moved to a different way to develop software. Can you touch on maybe the background, why the changes happened even before recent, uh, you know, recent times, so to speak? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if we look at just kind of the history of, of traditional life cycle, it kind of grew up in, in from the 1980s to 1990s. And as, as you think about where we're at today in 2021, uh, it's not new by no means. However, we have a very uh, diverse workforce now. We're all someplace. We're not all sitting in the same room talking about stuff. We've experimented with several aspects of, you know, paired programming. We've, you know, set up different ways to share how to support an application and the months and months of documentation that are required to you know, be built out. Uh, slowing cycles down so now we can increase those life cycles and move them faster and iterate much faster together as one group as opposed to you know several disparate groups 
That makes sense, Ken. So when, when you talk about moving faster and working better within groups, I mean, how do we how do we measure those cycles? How do you measure what makes a better business outcome? Uh, well, the number one measure is obviously uh, the revenue that I'm generating as a company. How do I generate that revenue? That, I mean, that's the number one outcome. I need to capture that and show success. Uh, I think traditionally we've, we've mapped it to uh, a bug, uh, a needs and wants list, Today we're tracking, you know, how much is a particular feature of an application being actually used, and is that feature even important anymore, or was that something that we just needed? So, there's a lot of insights that we need to gather that we maybe not gathering today. We probably throw them in a log file, but never go back and analyze that. And analyzing that part of the the equation within the software development, uh, I think is becoming more and more important and more than just the developer and that product manager are looking at those metrics now the entire organization is starting to measure that to see how how much we can innovate and grow faster so that we can increase revenue or increase customer count uh, or increase production uh, whatever i might be building out perfect that's helpful and so i mean tell us a little bit about how how software development has changed. It started in the 80s and 90s, like you had mentioned, and um, you know there's kind of a more traditional way of doing things. And now, uh, I hesitate to say the trend, but uh, businesses have started to align in in a different, more modern approach. Can you talk about that shift and you know what was the the more traditional way of doing things? Yeah, so I think there's there's two kind of big shifts that I'm hearing as I talk to customers and as I'm seeing. Uh, those that are being successful doing it. Uh, number one is automation. You know, you have to automate what you're doing today. Um, if you're still using, you know, the good old GUI interfaces and clicking through things, um, that's great for learning. Um, but I think it's important that somehow we get, need to script that and that's not in a 30 page document or manual that we are gonna type up and hand off to the next person to click through these screens. Uh, the second piece of that is the feedback loop. You know, I think feedback loops have been generally slow. Uh, prioritization of that feedback has been slow and kind of subjective in measure, as opposed to objective by having some specific counts in place of how many, how many times has this come up? Uh, certainly help desk tickets are a good measure of that. Uh, but the specifics are uh, really looking at the data and, and talking through specifically what that looks like. Ken, what do you mean by feedback loop? Who's giving feedback and where or who are they giving it to? So, you know, some examples of the feedback loop, you know, any of the applications that you're, you're using today, you know, there's a button on every application now. And you click on that button and submit feedback that's going all the way back through right straight to the developer or coder and they can take that and then they can start to see that. So if something's broke or there's a bug that immediately can be addressed. If it's a feature request, that feedback loop can come in and then you can kind of create that and put that out into, you know, traditionally a forum to get measured and then top voters move forward. So, you know, Top companies, you know, such as the Red Hats and the Microsofts and the IBMs of the world are, are certainly taking that input 
to figure out what they should be working on as well. Does that answer your question, Rachel? I maybe didn't answer it. No, I think you did. I, I think that that's helpful. It's, it's um, you know, it's interesting when we look back on um, trying to value or, or get value faster, we have to get feedback faster. And I, I think what you're kind of touching on is that need to, if the answer is no, that this doesn't work, how do we get to the no as quickly as possible so that we can discard it or discard what's not working and make appropriate changes and then see if that works. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's really organizing that that priority and those those you know big rocks and quick hits, so that I can get value out of, of out of this change, as opposed to changing for the sake of changing or changing because somebody forcing forcing me to change. It's much more purposeful if I open that feedback loop and you know listen. Not too different than what we're doing right now. We're having a conversation and I'm asking you for some feedback. Did that answer your question? It's back and forth, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Is that, is that like the biggest hurdle in better software development, faster software development is feedback loops or are there others that take higher precedence? So, you know, there are several and we probably don't have the, the time today to talk about them, but I can certainly put some groundwork in, in mindset in place you know uh, common hurdles is, is really that build piece of it is the second you know element how do we deploy how do we deploy faster how do we create groups of people to create reliability of what's being actually delivered as I think about the deploy and then you know that delivering of the build what does that look like each of us you know has different thoughts of what what does that look like uh you know in a smaller microservices world it's a small unit of work but in a large um, monolithic app it's it's several pieces uh you know think of a, a jar files and war files and ear files what how it all fits together think of a front end uh business logic back end there's lots of moving parts here so we got to figure out how we're going to deliver this build and by doing that faster, uh, we can you know, kind of create that life cycle of, of automating and continuous delivery. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Hey, Ken, so whenever I jump into this world of developers, I always hear this buzzword or this phrase CICD. Can you, can you sort of fit that into, you know, the, the world of a developer, the world of, you know, developing applications, moving faster? What is a CICD? mean to to you and your compadres so you know i i hear you mitch it's uh it's a buzzword cicd and and what i like to distill that down to is how are you automating the process to, to deliver a package to a platform or infrastructure that may be required as well as make that secure as you bring it all together and get it scheduled so that it's happening in a much more timely aspect. So CI, continuous integration, CD, continued delivery. There's actually a third one, which is CD, which is continuous deployment. And how fast are you really moving that? That's all automation if I wrap, you know, those six letters together, Mitch, into, you know, what is that equal automation? Okay, so automate as much as possible 
Uh, I, I want to draw a little line of demarcation though. So CICD, your continuous integration, continuous delivery is getting something ready to be deployed to a production environment. And then that CD is the handoff or how does that work? Yeah, so this you're correct in the first part. And the and the last part is is what is your release strategy? How are you actually gonna let this this deliverable out the door? So uh, you know, think of a, a logistics company. I package everything up in a box, I put it all together, and then I take it to the door, and now I have options of how I'm gonna deliver it. Okay, Ken, you, you also mentioned automating as much as possible earlier. So are, are we automating the deployment, uh, the integration, the delivery, and then the deployment of code? Or are we putting, you know, barriers up between just releasing code directly into production? Because I've heard that's not the best of ideas. Uh, great question, Mitch. The, the deploy side of it is really a decision point for you and your comfort to manage risk. Um, several cloud first companies are deploying and then asking questions or testing in production. And you can deploy immediately, but you don't have to announce it to everyone. You could just put it a, a particular feature in that deployment and you know have it happen automatically, but only be allowing 10% or 5% of your audience to use that work, uh, use that new capability. So, it, you know, traditionally they've all been gated by large change control committees. The new way is let's push that out as fast as possible and then fail or have success. So, you know, you'll probably hear, you know, as we think about uh, the digital velocity and the transformation of things, we're uh, not testing and test anymore. We're testing in production. Again, we're doing that through, like you said, a variety of different ways that we can, um, you know, deploy software to specific users and see how that changes the outcome. You know, we hear some buzzwords about that, like A-B testing and, you know, canary deployments and things like that. And so maybe, you know, next time as we, we bring you back on, Ken, because the software development lifecycle is so uh, vast and, and I think um, shrouded in a little bit of mystery. If you, if you don't have development experience, it might be worth coming back to touch on and, um, you know, dive more into some of the, the new modern software development best practices, but also some some of the different ways that someone might deploy in production or, you know, what some of the uh, uh, forefront and thought leaders in this space are doing, you know, you get to a point where you're a Netflix and you're deploying into production, you know, hundreds, thousands of times a day. That's probably an example, um, you know, of, of where that's an automated deployment that they're leveraging. And, and there's a lot of gray area between that and folks who are doing, you know, quarterly or monthly deployments. And so it'd be interesting to learn what lives in the middle there. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the world is changing faster than we can keep up nowadays. You know, I, I started this conversation by introducing where I came from, but I'm finding that every day is learning from Ken now, and that's kind of keeping me in this space. So I love learning this new stuff and moving at the you know, speed of light. Keeps me young. We all need that. 
Well, and, and with that, I, I think we're closing out this first episode of, of having Mr. Ken Collins on to walk us through the importance of the software development lifecycle and um, you know where we can look to see improvement um, and changes moving forward. But we'll certainly have you on a, again in the near future to, to walk through a, a round two. Looking forward to it, Rachel. I, I always enjoy having a conversation with you and Mitch. Thank you. Well, this is Rachel Airy and Mitch Kronbach signing off with Simplifying DevOps. Thanks for listening with us here at Simplifying DevOps. We hope you tune in for more episodes as we continue to dive down this path of all things DevOps and understand more about the paradigm shift that we've seen revolutionize the IT world. Thank you.